Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. This is Hour 2 of Fantasy Sports Today. Will Lamar Jackson's 2019 fantasy season be amongst the best in fantasy of all time? We'll also take an early look at some of the Thanksgiving Day games. And what's it like to actually shop on Black Friday? Fantasy Sports Today Hour 2 starts now. Fantasy Sports Today. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. This is Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzapia. You can follow us on Twitter at FNTSY Radio. Me on Twitter at Craig Mish. Joe on Twitter at Joe Pizzapia 17 Hopefully you guys have a phenomenal Thanksgiving Day holiday. Joe will be on television over on Sports Grid TV with Mike Blewett. Make sure you catch him on Pluto and Zumo TV as well as YouTube and FantasySportsNetwork.com. That will be Thursday. Uh, I will be off on Thursday and Friday. Not really off in my world, but kind of off, I guess, from this show, Thursday and Friday. And then Joe and I will be back next week. We have a full week of programming. The following week, uh, starting the uh, second week in December, I'll be in San Diego at the MLB Winter Meeting. So we're still uh, you know, kind of working that out, that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. But once that's all set, we'll tweet it out and let you know. But there'll be a lot of coverage, at the very least, from the MLB Winter Meetings in San Diego. So we'll get to some baseball in a little bit. Let's get back to football. It's evident at this point, Joe, that Lamar Jackson at the end of the season is going to end up having one of the best fantasy seasons of all time. I think the question that we just, you know, regardless of the era and regardless of if they're touching the receivers or not, like I don't give a bleep about all that. Like (laughs) I just just want to see the data at the end of the year and determine if Lamar Jackson is going to end up having one of the best fantasy seasons of all time. Now, earlier in the show, you made a really good point that I didn't, I really didn't, um, I realized it. But then when I saw it again, it kind of hit me how good of a season Mahomes had last year. I really didn't realize uh, how great that season was. I mean, 50 touchdowns and some rushing touchdowns as well. So I think that Lamar Jackson is going to be hard-pressed to have the best fantasy season of all time unless he goes on a run here at the end, Joe, where he rushes for, let's say, six or seven more touchdowns over the last few games. And then he'll be in that conversation for the best fantasy quarterback season of all time. But he's not really averaging two touchdowns a game, which would give him 24 on the season. He's averaging about one rushing touchdown every two weeks, which isn't going to get him to the number one spot of all time. But the fact that we're even talking about this is incredible. And I would say at the end of the year, he'll be he'll probably, what would you say, top 10 of all time for sure? At least he's trending in that direction. Uh, it's It's got to be. Now, he's got to finish strong, too. Uh, that's for sure. It's funny because just a couple years ago, too, even Cam Newton's 2015, people forget 35 touchdowns. He had 663 rushing yards, 10 rushing touchdowns, 35. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know if Lamar Jackson is going to top that. I, and that, and that's, you know, I just found a list on Athlon Sports of the top 10, and that was the number 10. And I stopped there and I went, OK, do I think Lamar Jackson gets to these totals? 35 passing touchdowns. What's he at right now? Passing touchdown wise again. Do you know a fan? Oh, if he no, had his stats it. up there. But I mean, he, he just threw five more on there last night. So I think 
you got to figure he's going to be at least on pace for somewhere close to that. I think that definitely bumped up the the pace for those. He's got, now we'll see. He's got 24 touchdowns, five interceptions. So his pace would be, uh, I mean, we're not doubling. Um, yeah, I mean, he probably will end up close. throwing 30. Probably 30. 30. Probably yeah. 30. Now, how many rushing touchdowns? Because Cam had 10. So he's rushing a uh, lot, but he's not necessarily I, rushing for a lot of touchdowns, I believe. Let me see here. And I don't know he if that has... matters. I don't know if that's more impressive. Like, I feel like the yardage is more impressive than the touchdowns because, you know, Tom Brady always had three rushing touchdowns on the year because they would get on the goal line. He would just quarterback sneak all the time. So I'm not like super impressed by that necessarily. I'm more impressed by the giant rushing total. Uh, well, let me see here. Um, okay. So on the year, he has a total of yeah, six rushing touchdowns. So his okay, pace so would be there. probably like 10 for the season. About 10. I mean, it's going to be close to top 10 all time because after that, <clears throat> this list has Kurt Warner, 1999, which is the 4,300 yards, 41 touchdowns uh, with uh, a crazy, you know, he, all, he just a, he had a crazy completion right down here. Dude, he's really good. They have YA Tittles, 1963 season. Yeah, I know that one. Well, let's just eliminate because that's yeah, I got YA Tittles, run the football around the thing. I mean, Look the, at the, one, the one that I would say that is an era thing. And again, we'll never know, and we can't go back, and, and you can't tra- translate these numbers now to last year's, but uh, Dan Marino would have thrown 60, 70 touchdowns in the absolutely. season that he threw 50. So If Dan Marino uh, had played in this era of football, he would absolutely have won He threw the ball every single, every single time. They did not and run. Threw it well, no, they did not. It's kind of like the they Dolphins did not run at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like they 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 only attempted like 15 rushes a game. Like they, they there's no doubt they let him throw every single down. If you drop Dan Marino into this era of football, there's no doubt in my mind that we would probably be looking back and and there might not be a question of him as the greatest quarterback of all time. I I think that would you would have won a championship or two because of the style of football just is completely different now. Um, Matt Ryan's 2016 comes yeah. on this list here. 38 touchdowns, MVP, seven picks. He threw for 49, 44. That's a pretty well, high. Well, Lamar Jackson's score. fantasy numbers are going to be better than those. Yeah, but not from a passing standpoint. He almost threw for well, 5,000 yards. Well, just straight fantasy points. Straight fantasy points. Straight Lamar fantasy Jackson points. Club. Yeah, yeah. He'll, he'll be above. It's all the, the rushing touchdowns. Yeah. yeah. Patrick Mahomes, uh, do your, uh, last year, 5,000 <laughs> yards, 50 touchdowns. Unbelievable. How many did he rush for that year? Do they have that? Just no. two. It's still I don't I don't know that he's going to touch that. I don't know that Lamar's going to touch that. That's, I think Mahomes I, last year was better than playing. The probably the will end up being. Year, we still have time to yeah. go though. Let's not number eliminate five that. on the list. Dan Marino's nineteen eighty four. Five thousand yards in nineteen eighty four is ridiculous. In that era to do that, forty eight touchdowns in nineteen eighty four is ridiculous. Uh, then you've got uh, Tom Brady's two thousand seven. Forty eight hundred yards, fifty touchdowns, just eight interceptions to fifty touchdowns. He had two rushing touchdowns that year. <laughs> so Peyton Manning two thousand thirteen. 5,477 yards, 55 touchdowns, just 10 picks. That was number three. They put Joe Montana's 1989, which I don't get. I don't get why this is in here. 3,526 touchdowns, eight picks. That's like, I mean, I can get that from Joe Flacco. What? Yeah, dump it. Dump that it. is ridiculous. Why is that number two? That is who knows. Idiotic. They just like like to mention Joe Montana. Oh God! Everybody needs to get over the Joe Montana fest. He's I love great. Joe Montana, but he's I mean, great. He also lost his job wise, to Steve no. Young. All right. Speaking of which, number one, they put Steve Young. Which I disagree really, with this too. Oh, I don't know. That was an unbelievable year. With the okay, Russell. you ready? You tell me how unbelievable it is now. 3,900 passing yards, 35 touchdowns, 293 rushing yards, and seven rushing touchdowns. Really? That uh, That's listen, not as that, good as Cam Newton's. It, it's not. No, listen. Uh, look, this is just one, one website that's ranking. We can have our own opinion. Young is in the top 10 all time for, for single seasons, for sure. 
because of I'm the okay rushing. With that. I think you're number you're, one. I, I don't think that you're seeing the full picture with the rushing touchdowns. How valuable those are. That's a six pointer in some leagues. Okay. Well. Okay. But I'm just saying. Just just looking at it. Uh, you know, and I understand relative to Listen, what other quarterbacks well, Here's are doing. the point. In the first round of a fantasy draft, if we're drafting Le'Veon Bell for his 1,200 yards and nine touchdowns, okay? Because that's really what we're drafting. In the, I mean, for Ezekiel Elliott for his 1,300 yards, 11 touchdowns. I mean, guys who are getting seven or eight rushing touchdowns out of the quarterback position to go along with the 40 touchdowns that they're throwing. I mean, you can't. I would rank them this way. My top five fantasy seasons, a quarterback would be this. Peyton Manning's 2013 with the 55 touchdowns because that's just absurd. Okay, that, that's an absurd number of touchdowns. I don't care if it's four points per touchdown. That's absurd. Then I would probably go with Lamar Jackson two, Mahomes three. If Lamar Jackson continues his pace, because again, the rushing yardage is just sick right now, what he's doing. I would probably go Lamar Jackson two, Mahomes three, Cam Newton four, and then Brady at five with the 50 touchdowns in 2007. Yeah, I looked up Cunningham. Cunningham had some great years, but uh, they don't really come close. They're great to, by perspective of the era going, wow, look what he's yeah, doing. They don't it's come unbelievable. Close to these. And right. Vic's 2010 season, had he played 16 games, would be the number one all time in the history of fantasy. But he only played 12 that year because he kept getting hurt. He had 3,000 yards in 12 games, 21 touchdowns. Nine rushing touchdowns and 676 yards. His 12 game stretch is the best of anybody in the history of fantasy football. Because you know, it's you funny. Him four, you give him four more games, you give him 4,000 yards, 26, 27 touchdowns, 13 or 14 rushing touchdowns. It's ridiculous. No Aaron Rodgers either, by the way. All these Aaron no, Rodgers truthers out there. He's a, he's a, look, he's a, oh, come on, Aaron. He's oh, he's great. He's great. the best of all time, but we're just talking fantasy here. We're not mm-hmm. talking real. But even fantasy. All people love him in fantasy, you know, but even in fantasy. He had some unbelievable back. years, and he's had some of the best comebacks and those bombs yeah. at the end of games. It's, it's incredible. I think right, Mark's uh, in this com- top five conversation for sure. He's, he could get there. Yeah, I think so. All right. Uh, uh, we'll take a brief time out. We'll take an early look at the Thanksgiving Day games. We'll have our uh, final opinions tomorrow, but we'll take a look at the early lines after this. Don't go away. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Sports today. And I like football. And I'm gonna keep doing them both because they make me feel good. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. It is Craig Bish along with Joe Pizapia with you here on the show. We're coming off a Monday night football game where we saw an incredible performance uh, for the ages, and we're just hoping for me I, that. The Thanksgiving Day games are pretty good. Uh, I personally, when I look at the four, I mean, I include Mississippi, Mississippi State, because I, I I love the Egg Bowl, and I think it'll be fun to watch. It's a very high total of 58 points. This could be the best game of all of them. But let's just focus on the NFL ones for now. To me, uh, the most intriguing one is Bill's Cowboys, because Dallas does seem to play very well on Thanksgiving, but I really... You know, I'm very impressed with what Buffalo's accomplished, and they don't even have to win this game to cover. But let's go through the lines. Bears minus three at the Lions, and the total is 38 and a half. 
Uh, Bears never score in the first quarter. We know that. Bills <laughs> at the Cowboys, minus six and a half. The total is 45. And then the Saints at the Falcons. You know, had Atlanta played well against Tampa Bay, Saints are probably only two or three point favorites. But Atlanta just went back to a pumpkin again. And this line opened up at four. It's now minus six and a half. Uh, New Orleans at Atlanta, 48 and a half is the total there. By the way, Mississippi State is like two and a half, three point favorites over Mississippi. Uh, a game we'll get to a little bit later. So, you know, that first game is such a dog, Joe. Like, yep. I mean, I mean, the, I mean, Driscoll's done a really good job. It's very evident that the film is out on this kid. It's very yes. evident now that they have a spy on him when he's running. Like, he, like those 30-yard runs that he had in those first game. Like, there's a linebacker, right? Like, following this dude around now. And so that's over. They're forcing him to throw. He's throwing a lot of picks. We know the Lions are done. But I have no confidence in the Bears whatsoever. I, I like I said last week. I just why the, how the Bears could be favored over any team by seven points. In the NFL is insane, and they're three point favorites at Detroit this week. And they did not look great against the Giants either. But this is just a horrible, horrible game. I, I mean, I don't even know what to say about this one. I I hope it's exciting. I have a feeling the next <clears throat> one will be. But what any any opinion on this one? I think this is the one where you can make the argument for the underdog the most. I really do. I feel like I feel like you can make the case and it's not on anything else you mentioned except the kicking. The kicking of the Bears or lack thereof. I watched Pinheiro. You don't like Eddie P? I watched Eddie Pinheiro. You know, he went to Florida. That's my guy. Yeah, I care where he went. He, he was great <laughs> at Florida, man. He was, he so was good. but not been so good lately. <clears throat> and on top of that, you know, the opening kickoff. It's been a long time since I saw somebody take the opening kickoff and kick it out of bounds. The guy couldn't even keep it in the hashes for God's sake. Like, I mean, come on, man. It's a kickoff. Don't kick the opening kickoff. Did he out miss field goals last week, too? I, uh, I think he missed one. I want to say. I believe he did. If not, I apologize. Oh, okay, so I, I don't I don't disagree, but let me let me just make the case for for against Detroit here. And and I may end up taking Detroit. I don't know. I'll I think Detroit is the one you underdog you can but why? Really but what, what are they playing for? Like what it's not that the they're deal? playing for. It's not it's not they're playing well, it's not they're playing for, it's just all the reasons you brought up about the Bears, which is the Bears are not running the football particularly well. Allen Robinson's that one weapon that is very consistent. Trubisky is not putting up points early in games. So if you have a fluky thing go your way, let's say a kick return for the Lions, let's say a fumble return for a touchdown, let's say a pick for a touchdown. If you have any sort of weird thing happen in the first half of this game, I think the Lions can actually cover this because you're not looking mm -hmm. at a team that can pull away. Whereas I look at the other two games here, and I find it, and you know me, I'm Mr. Bill. I'm the one who's been telling you they're a playoff team since what we started doing the show together in August. Uh, you know I'm on this bandwagon with the Bills all year and Josh Allen and, and Singletary and the whole group. Love the secondary. Love everything the Bills have done. I think this is a tougher call there. I think it's a much harder case to make for them. Short week on the road in Dallas, playing on Thanksgiving. I just think it's a tough sell for me. And the Saints, look, <laughs> if the Saints did not lose to the Falcons a couple weeks ago, <clears throat> then I might be listening. But they lost, and they're they. It's wake up time for them. So I think the Bears Lions is the one game where you can really make that that push for the underdog in this one. The thirty eight and would, a half. I, I would say you take all three underdogs, and two out of the three will win. And I don't know which two, but two out of the three. I mean, based on underdogs covering at a historical rate this season, it does. Road dogs, by the way, is the highest. What in was the, the stat you gave me yesterday about the uh, the? Road 65%. favorites losing or something? No, like, yeah. Ro Not, road dogs are covering at almost 65% for the year. I mean, that's insane. Yeah. Road no, but I'm dogs. saying yesterday no. in that game. Yeah, but the, they weren't a dog in that game. The uh, 
Oh, the, the Monday Ravens night game? Night. Yeah. Oh, you gave me a stat on Monday his- night. Yeah, uh, historically the highest percentage of the history of, of the NFL in betting is home dogs on Monday night. It's it's out of control. Yeah, right, it's, it's ba- it, it not work out last happened. night. <clears throat> so you got to look. One time it happened. If you bet it trends, a million times, you, trends you get, are cool. Well, trends are fun to talk about, but I think you know it's football. You go look at every team straight up the way they are, where they are in terms of their injuries, where they are in terms of what they're doing well, not doing well. Thirty eight and a half. I would like the under in that one. I will take. I'll go, if you're going to go with an underdog, I would take the Lions in this one, the 38 and a half to in the under. I think that's the way to go. Bills at Cowboys. Again, I look at this one and I just feel like, yeah, the Bills have played really well. Short week. It was a good win for them last week. Um, but I'm looking at them going into this one against the Cowboys where the Cowboys, another time where you're going to get the Jekyll and Hyde Cowboys. So I'm looking for the other side of the Cowboys to show up this week. And I don't even want to kill them necessarily for how they played in New England. That was an incredibly difficult assignment on the road in New England, awful weather. What did you expect that game to be? That game was going to come down to the very end anyway if somebody could make a play and they couldn't. I don't know. I'm looking at everything the Cowboys have done offensively. I just think they're going to give the Bills a hard time. I think the 45 is the question. I don't know. So you think that the Bills are going to cover this one too? You think they can keep this one close enough, the six and a half? You tell me who is Dallas beating this year that's good. Nobody good. Not one team. And ask me (laughs) how many times we've used good logic and it's blown up in our face. It's been a lot uh, of good logic this year, and it's blown up in our faces with a lot of picks where you say, well, this shouldn't happen. These They're a better no, team than this team. And, you know. but, but Dallas hasn't beaten a good team all year, so I, they could beat Buffalo, but maybe not by six and a half. I think they can beat Buffalo. Six and a half. Maybe that's the point. Where do you look at the 45 on this game? How do you see this? Seven, one actually, now. I got to take that. I got to change this. And the Bears are only two and a half now. Boy, these lines have changed. Seven. <clears throat> okay, if you get to the full seven, now you have me listening about the Bills covering that. I think that 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 little half point makes a difference for me. I wish the total was 42 because then I would feel awesome. But this 45 tells me that there's going to be more points than people expect. Usually when it's a 45, I go over like last night. I would go but over with this one, too. Think, well, the Ravens did that by themselves. <laughs> anyway, however, it comes in, dude. I don't care. It's overs and over. Um, I would go with the over on this one. I, I think the over. Uh, on the 45 is solid. And I think if it's seven now and not six, the only thing is that again, is that no quarterback all season long has done anything against Buffalo, like none zero. Like that's that you can't deny that. It's like, I got to pull it up there while you're talking. Let's go to the next one. Oh, no, no, it's you're, not that. I want to tell you exactly. Well, here's what you're going to say. Oh, my gosh. Well, who did, did they, they play, play against? Voy- who is the quarterback? It's the, the whole NFL, Joe. There's 20. Who's good in the NFL? There's six guys that are good. That's it. Two six guys are good. What's the deal? It's with true. The NFL? No, but like, they play. They played uh, <clears throat> Darnold in week one. Daniel Jones in week two. Dalton in week three. <clears throat> Okay. Brady in week four. No, they whatever. didn't play Daniel Jones in week two. We no. Oh, it was no. Eli Manning. Okay. It was Eli Manning in week two. And he got benched. Yeah, and they played Andy Dalton. And then he got benched. Okay. And then Patriots. they played Brady. And then they right. played the first uh, three weeks. Mariota, the, and then by the way, benched. that was the beginning of the Pats offense spinning out of out of the out of control a little bit and not being good. First three weeks, terrific. He Tom Brady had seven touchdowns in the first three weeks. He's got seven touchdowns since then. Buffalo just want to point just, that out. I understand that Buffalo hasn't played against what people would call an elite quarterback, but this is know. not an elite quarterback league. They're, they're I understand that. Eagles, Eagles put up 31 on them. Okay, so that, and that was the best quarterback that hmm. they faced, probably. Probably. Redskins, nothing. Browns, nothing. Dolphins, nothing. Broncos, awful. 
I mean, look, Dak will be the best quarterback that they'll face. I mean, probably. And, I, I, I and I'm going to take my I'm going to put my money on the best quarterback in this game. And that's why I like him again, specifically more of a DK play because of the pricing. Whereas Josh Allen, I'll put my money on on FanDuel because of the rushing yardage, because I like the the upside for the rushing touchdown of what Josh Allen's done this year. So, again, it's it's sight to sight. It's it's feel to feel. But I I'll tell you what, I, I think Dallas wins this football game. I don't have a problem with you going Buffalo if it's at seven now. I think they can keep the same close enough. I'll decide tomorrow. And then um, Saints-Falcons, I, I I think the Falcons are finished. But I, I think that they could keep it close. And But I, I think this is going to be a lower scoring game. Six and a half people. sounds better than the over-under I, in this I one to me. Thing, I, I see the Saints leading late in this game 21 to 10. And then, you know, the Falcons, every game comes down like to the last two minutes with the spread. So then the Falcons have the ball, you know, they're, they're running down to try and, you know, get two scores to keep it close. Maybe they do when they cover. It seems a little high to me, the 48 and a half. I know that New Orleans had a big offensive week this past week, but they struggle a lot in the red zone. So and Atlanta just doesn't, I, I, they don't impress me. So I, I don't know, we'll see. It'll be, look, if it plays out anything like the last game, it's way under, but I also will recognize that, New Orleans had the ball in the red zone eight times and they kicked five field goals. So that could that could happen yeah. as well. And then uh, Mississippi, Mississippi State, which we'll talk a little bit more about tomorrow. Should be a lot of fun, a lot of running going on in that game. And really no clear favorite at all in a huge rivalry game in the state of Mississippi in uh, Starkville where they've only made the Bulldogs two and a half point favorite. But the total is 58. So uh, quarterback for Mississippi, uh, John Riss Plumley, is going to be talked about next year as a potential one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. Really come on strong lately. And Mississippi State's offense, not as good. But uh, have final opinions on all those games tomorrow. Let's do this. We'll take a quick timeout. We'll be back with some fun Black Friday stories. Don't go away. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. It is Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzapia with you here on the show. One of the fun things in the past to do for some people is <laughs> head on out at 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. Now it's changed. It's like midnight. Now, honestly, it's like nothing's even closed anymore. Things have changed so much since I was a youngster 10, 20, 30 years ago. But Black Friday was a thing, man. Like it used to be. For me, I'll be honest with you. For me, it was a thing where I would try to get the hot toy, whatever it was, and try to be an entrepreneur about it and sell it. Like I mean, honestly, that's what I did. And so I have a couple of fun stories about that. But I feel like Black Friday has lost a lot of its luster, Joe, because of the ability to now go on. First, it was eBay, of course. And now it is Amazon Prime, where if you're a Prime member and this is not a commercial, you pretty much get your thing tomorrow. So like and at a pretty good price, too. So. I'm not one of those guys, Joe, that would line up because a TV was $50 cheaper and sit outside Best Buy for four hours. But I have done some wacky things in the past in order to acquire merchandise. I don't mm-hmm. know how you feel about Black Friday anymore. Well, I, I never liked it. I thought it was stupid. And I'm more appalled now that these stores are opening at on Thursday night. night. You know, like, why can't everybody have Thanksgiving? I mean, do we really have to do this? It's so stupid. And I feel bad for the people who have to work at these stores and work in retail because they can't sit and enjoy a thing with their family. I mean, really, are we that narcissistic and ridiculous no, I society? Year. I went shopping last year. <laughs> I, I've I've been caught up in this. Last year, I went, uh, I'll tell you my best one. Well, I have a couple good ones, but uh, two back-to-back years <laughs> at Walmart. Last mm-hmm. year, going to Walmart to purchase um, the 
uh why is it escaping me okay so the i got a uh pac-man unit a full-size pac-man unit and and i got uh another game too its name is escaping why i don't know why i can't think of it now but anyway so i, I showed well, up there it really was working getting up there <laughs> having to go deal with all those people at walmart you can't remember what it was my mind is going blank what's the, it's a classic arcade game um hubert or uh no. frogger um <clears throat> classic arcade games so yeah the pac-man was one is it galaga uh, okay boy i'm losing my mind uh Ga- i bought galaga and pac-man and so I bought those two. I went there as soon as Walmart opened at six o'clock and I bought them not for resale, but just to have in the house. They're like full size units for like only $200, a company called. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I've seen them. <clears throat> yeah. So I, I went for those. Now, the, the funny story, and I told this story on the radio uh, many times, was from two years ago, maybe three. I don't know if you remember when Nintendo re-released its classic edition, the Nintendo classic. Oh, I absolutely do. Okay, and it was like super hot for a long period of time, right? You remember that? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. The Walmart opened up, and these were going on sale at midnight of the day after Thanksgiving. And so the only way to acquire one the day after Thanksgiving <clears> was either to line up at a Walmart at 5 a.m. when they opened up at 6, but the Walmart near my house in Hallandale opened up at midnight. And so, or they were open 24 hours, but they were going to be sold at midnight. So, Joe, I show up there at about 10 o'clock and, you know, I'm asking about the Nintendo and the woman at the counter is telling me, oh, I don't know. We don't know if we have them or not. I'm not really sure. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to stick around here and I'm going to wait. So I wait and I am basically the first person online. And uh, the manager comes over. He's like, why are you here? I'm like, I'm here for the Nintendo. And he's like, "Okay, well, I think we're only going to have a handful of them. So just stay online. So I got myself a seat and I waited online. Joe, people were coming in from 10 o'clock to midnight. And the woman at the counter were telling the people that they didn't have any. And they were going to have to go to another. Yeah, because they were out of them or because they didn't want to. So so around 1130 p.m. And I've been waiting an hour and a half. Again, I'm first online. So I know that if, if even if they have one, I'm getting it. The woman in the counter basically checks out for the night, right? Mm-hmm. Comes back with her boyfriend to 10 minutes later in street clothes, gets online. Oh, really? Believe this? Do you believe this? I do this? believe it. People are sure. She, she sent away all of these people telling them that they didn't have the Nintendo. And uh, and some people who she told they didn't have the people who she told came back and saw her online and were like yelling and screaming at the manager. Um, it was just it was insane. So I ended up getting mine, you know, on uh, at midnight. And it was kind of wild because they were worth like five, six hundred. They were like, I think you could buy it for ninety nine mm-hmm. bucks or one hundred ninety nine bucks, but they were worth like five, six hundred dollars on the secondary market and you know we i kept one and sold one i will say i did sell a second one i got two of them not that night the next day or something i got another one uh but it was crazy man like the the employees are telling people oh you gotta and all these people are coming into the store you guys gonna have nintendo nope sorry sorry nope nope and they're like well what is this guy doing me like looking at me what is he doing (laughs) and i didn't say anything i just sat there like an idiot i'm just like whatever and then when she got back in line and got behind me, I'm like, wow, you are so dirty. I can't I'm like, what can I say, though? Because she's an employee. I couldn't go nuts because who knows what she could do to me. She could prevent me from getting mine. So I didn't say a word. 
uh, I just got online. I got mine. I got out of the store, wow. and that that was it. And that actually happened. This I went like on a, local, local radio shows here in South Florida and talked about it. This is it like ugly. one of those. You should have written a letter to Walmart. You should have written a a very uh, strongly worded letter to Walmart and tell them what happened there. I mean, look, chances are she was probably just trying to, you know, you know, make, make sure money. she got for her kid or whatever it was, or make some oh, money. No, whatever. No, no, she's working at Walmart. Have, you were after. Well, look, no. I know. Yeah. And I, and I get it. And here's where one of those instances where your distrust of the general public has really served you well because you did not trust something was off there. You smelled it. This is the Brooklyn in you. You know, this is that thing where you're like, nah, something no, right were, here. There were constant wrong. flow of people for about an hour coming in that she basically was saying, we're not going to have it. We're not going to have it. We're not going to have it. And and I and I knew I'm like, there's no way like I'm not going anywhere. And and it was only me. And I and everyone would come in and they'd be like, oh, you, and you know what she was doing? She was pulling up her phone and going, it says they have six in Pembroke Pines. Dude, this is like 40 minutes away. They didn't have any. <clears> but she would like, be like, look and like show her phone. Like, look, it says they have them here. They'd be like running out of the store. It's like, well, yeah. like what do you, well you never trust like, that either, because let me tell you something. I was at Best Buy just a couple of weeks ago and they said they had two of these cameras that my kid wanted. They had zero. Oh, they never, they you know, and so you never trust that. That's a big load of the nonsense. But that's that's foul, man. I mean. I remember as a kid, my mom and a friend of mine's mom went out Black Friday because they was the Cabbage Patch craze of 1984. Oh, I remember that, of course. Or 1983, whatever it was. And then um, it was that. And my mom was out there trying to get me the Ewok Village, which you will appreciate. You remember the Ewok Village? Yes, I do. Ewok Village was was the was the mother of all places. The the hot one first. And then that was the the next one. The hot from the Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Well, uh, again, I'm a little younger, so the Ewok Village was that was the thing. It had the you can actually crank over the 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 fake flame, uh, whatever you were cooking as whatever Ewoks. It had the little thing where you could actually get in and slide down to the bottom of it. Um, it was it was the playset. It was the playset. It had the little the net that you could catch Han Solo and the guys in, and then bring them in and pretend to roast Han Solo over the thing and all that stuff. It was everything you wanted and more. And I appreciate my mom for elbowing uh, a bunch of people. <laughs> you she know, and get and getting out there to get it. You know, a friend of mine and her sister have a tradition and they go out every night, Black Friday, they get T-shirts, they go out together and it's almost become like a bonding thing for them, which is actually kind of nice. So that I kind of get like you bond in the madness. You're going out all night and they literally do. They start at 11 o'clock. They go out store to store. They have a plan. They do the things of what they're doing and they're back like the next morning at like nine in the morning. They bring bagels back for everybody and then they go to sleep and then <laughs> that's it. Yeah. And Christmas is done. The only Black Friday things I've done the last couple of years is go to record stores because I'm a big record person, big record. Oh, collector. I didn't know that. Are you really? Because yeah. my parents are trying to get rid of their. They have an enormous record collection, lots of stuff from the 50s and 60s and classic stuff. So yeah, it's, it's very hard to do uh, all at once if you really want to cash in on it. It's kind of like you have to do it. Uh, they're not really still going to cash in so much as they're trying to like get out from under it because they're trying to move. So I think that's kind yeah. of more the oh, yeah. the feel so of it. You Look know, at that. Maybe making side deals right here. I'll tell you what. I'll make sure I that did. I don't try to like. Yeah, I don't want to like give you the side thing like, oh, yeah, they might have that record. And then like I'm shopping it on eBay like that dirty lady did. Did you dirty, like I have to drive a New Jersey drive in me? I mean, I mean, how else could you get those? But no, um, well, I mean, that's you can ship them. Come on. What's wrong with shipping? Yeah, them? I'm in. The other the other thing that I did many, many years ago was. I don't know if you remember these guys. They're, they have they were still around as of like last couple of years. Furbies. Do you remember those, Joe? Furbies, I remember FBI. them. I um, again, my kids are, uh, you know, uh, they, they missed first, that whole phase. When they first came out, it was me and three of my buddies. And we got up at five o'clock in the morning 
and we went to and I was in college, I want to say, and we were off for college, but we were home in South Florida and we all lined up at Toys R Us. And you can you can, like every video that you've ever seen about nut job people running in. That was the one that one year we ran in that store. There was there were they had all these Furbies lined up. We each grabbed two. They allowed you to take two of each. And, you know, all we were doing was for the resale market, you know, and I think that uh, we bought them for thirty dollars. I think we I sold both of mine. One for, like again in college, making two hundred dollars was like, you got to be kidding me. And so one of my friends thought it was so cute, he opened it, and we razz him still to this day. Like, what in the world were you doing opening that thing? Because like, it was so dumb. Like, get rid of it. You dump it. Goodbye. Do you and play so, your Nintendo Classic ever? Not as much as that? I used to. I did. Okay. Oh, we played. We definitely got the most out of that money. Okay. The, the following year, by the way, they released the Super Nintendo. Yes. And I did the same thing. I went to Walmart again. It wasn't like that, though, Joe. It wasn't. There were people lined up again, but they had enough supply, so it wasn't as nuts. But there were people lined up. Like I got Everyone mine. I went home. The cord was too thin. I heard like too small. On the, like, on the first one, but you could get an easy extender. It was easy. Right. Yeah. Very. Very. <laughs> but the but the Super Nintendo was a big disappointment. It was not good. The hmm. game. And I know good. now on the Switch you can every, everything. You subscribe. Yeah. Like you can you can subscribe, and every month like new old school Nintendo games get dropped in there. So like twenty bucks a month a year. They all you can just play all the oh, like, yeah. mobile no. and all stuff. Yeah. So. We, I got the Super Nintendo. Not really. I looked at the games and I'm like, oh, this isn't going to be really great. Um, and it wasn't, man. Like it had the first Mario Kart, which was pretty cool. So me and my son played for a while. But honestly, it was it was not as good as it uh, as it was cracked up. To be. All right. So there you go. Some good Black Friday shopping stories from me and Joe. We'll take a quick time out and we will come back and have a final segment where we'll discuss a number of different topics. Don't go away. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. All right, welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. It is Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzapia with you here on the show. And we are here every day, Monday through Friday, from noon to 2 Eastern. But tomorrow will be our last show of this week. As FNTSY Radio has a little bit of a timeout on Thanksgiving Day and on the day after Thanksgiving. But you can also follow us on Twitter at Craig Mish at Joe Pizzapia 17 as we take you right up until uh, tomorrow at 2 o'clock Eastern. Dr. Roto will help you out, by the way, on Wednesday as well. 2 o'clock Eastern right here on FNTSY Radio. Uh, uh, just a couple of uh, quick stories. Let's start off with this one in baseball, Joe. There was a story that came down last Friday. So you and I have not had a chance to talk about this. It was more of a weekend story where Pat Williams, who a lot of people like a lot, very kind of uh, bubbly, <clears throat> effervescent type guy who was really responsible for bringing the NBA to Orlando and the Orlando Magic. And then, of course, he was there sitting on the podium. If you remember when they got the first overall pick and they took Shaquille O'Neal, that will be a moment in history that no one will ever forget. And then Penny Hardaway. 
Magic had some really good years. Pat Williams was, I believe, the sure. team president <clears throat> for a number of years, too. And that was now Nick Pat- Anderson there with uh, Penny yeah. Hardaway and Shaq yeah. and all that yeah. group. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Morris Grant. Yeah, they had some really good teams. Great teams. Uh, yeah. Never won a championship. Got got swept, but uh, had you know, a lot of people felt like they Rockets, could have had better yeah. years. Yeah, and they did not. Uh, so let's so let's so let's kind of uh, dive into this a minute. And I'm wondering what you think about baseball in Orlando. And we don't need to spend ten minutes on this. In fact, we could spend ten seconds. I don't get this at all. Now, if they're planning, if the Rays can't get themselves a stadium. And they end up moving the Rays to Orlando. Okay, you know, like not the worst thing in the world makes some sense. But Joe, to add a third baseball team in Florida when the first two can't get anyone to go to their games, I am just not following this one at all. And I like and and really the comment that everyone seems to be making is the one that I'm going to make now. I really like Pat Williams. I really think this is a bad idea. <laughs> I, I yeah, just don't I, get it. I don't understand uh, it. A third baseball team there makes absolutely no sense to me. None whatsoever. Uh, I think you have a better chance of supporting a baseball team in New Jersey than you do. Just, just, from, right. the com- just from the commute standpoint, because honestly, the hardest thing about getting to a Mets game for me living in central New Jersey is it's going to take me two hours no matter what I do. And it's going to cost me a 100 bucks just to get to the game before I even buy the tickets and buy the hot dog and everything else. If you're telling me it was somewhere in the central area of New Jersey, you get a lot of people who would go drive to games and be very happy. They would drive in, drive out, get home in 45 minutes. Everything would be fine. If you're moving the Rays there, I get it because you're talking about Orlando being, you know, the hub of, you know, between Universal and Disney and all that stuff. And you would tie in packages and travel and see a baseball game and all this stuff. And it becomes like a, you know, a revenue stream just based off the novelty of connecting it to that area, which I totally understand. A third baseball team in Florida? I don't understand at all. Yeah, this, it makes no sense to me whatsoever. And Orlando is a great area. I get it. But I, I do you think he's really just meaning like, hey, let this be the place that the Rays go to? Or do you think he really means like another sure. team? I mean, it's, it's, it was really not uh, completely clear. I don't, I don't know, think man. that there's a real plan. I think it, it just it's almost like Pat Williams is a baseball fan saying, hey, look at me. Like, I, I, I don't get it. But he got enough attention to it that it made a story out of it. Now, let's, where would let's you put a baseball team if you were like not, if you were moving the Rays? No, but I'm just saying like you're you're a man of the game. In your opinion, what region could really support? I mean, because there's there's a lot of states out there that are growing populations. I mean, I think Vegas is one, right? Don't you think you I, put a dome in have, Vegas? That's the one that I would have said. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, Vegas okay. makes sense. You're getting a football team there. Why don't you get a baseball team? Make it red hot. Just do it. You know, it's a huge community out they there. They do very well with their uh, the hockey teams that they have there. Hockey team's uh, the, red hot. The, the the cities that don't do well, that are transient, are tough. And so that's probably the one thing that Vegas has against them. But, but the thing yeah. is, so many people have moved there over these years who have now become part of these communities because there's been so much growth around the strip and around the other things where people just make their home there now. And it's 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 not what it was 20 years ago. It's very different. Uh, people have put roots there. Portland, I think, is another one. Yeah, I you know what? That's that's a did you see that documentary about that team on Netflix? Um no. Bobby Sylvester turned me on to this. It was the one that Kurt Russell's dad owned. It was independent league, and I want to say it was out in Portland, Oregon. Um, a story I never knew as a baseball fan and was thoroughly fascinated by. 
Um, I got to turn you on to this documentary, but that's I'll, I'll try to find the name of it there. But it was incredible if you're a baseball fan. I, th- I think that would work. But I-, I think more along the lines, if they were to move the Rays to Orlando, it would make some sense. Like this idea of them playing half the games in St. Pete and half in Montreal like that, I don't get at all. Like you're basically uprooting families of Major League Baseball organizations for half a year. Yeah, it's called the Battered Bastards of Baseball. And it's about the Portland Mavericks, a defunct minor league baseball team in Portland, Oregon. They played five seasons in Class A for 73 to 77. They were owned by Bing Russell, who was Kurt Russell's dad, who was an actor. Uh, He was on Gunsmoke and a lot of other shows. He was like a just professional working actor. Uh, Jim Bowden played on that team. Uh, The guy wrote Ball Four and just great stories of they were just the most popular thing in the in that area they teams the, the fans loved them they came out they had all these fun things that they did interactive stuff i'm telling you it's on netflix you're looking for a fun baseball documentary over the weekend the battered bastards of baseball absolutely tremendous all right i'll check it out we'll see um but yeah <laughs> I, I, I i think i think that the the rays in montreal make sense like i think i would love just, to see montreal get the baseball yeah, team back yeah, you see, the Marlins have a lease that runs forever and they have a brand new stadium, more or less like a brand new meeting in the last 10 years. The Marlins are not going anywhere. No, the Marlins so, and the Marlins shouldn't go anywhere. I mean, people don't go to the games either, but the, the thought process is, is if they're ever good, then they will. They've never well, they been showed up when they won those two years. They showed up. They showed they, up for they the Josh up Beckett run. Yeah. They've never shown up in this new stadium, but they've never been good. No, they've been dreadful. They've been over 500 at all in the last 10 years. When you trade off your best star and your other star dies, it's very difficult to get the fan base excited to show up for ball games. Well, they had to do it. I mean, once he died. No, they did. They absolutely had to. But I'm just saying they were in a bad spot there. You know, $300 million contract and the, and the bright young star that people wanted to must see guy dies unexpectedly in a tragic accident. I mean, just, just terrible. You know, how do you expect them to come back? I think they they had to do what they did. I think you're right, though. I think Portland would be a great place because they have a baseball tradition people don't know about. I think it would be a a good uh, good idea there. Um, Okay, so in your neck of the woods, Joe, the last time that Rutgers football was really relevant was when Greg Schiano was the head coach there. Greg Schiano since has gone on to do a number of different things, coaching in college, coaching in the NFL. And apparently, this is a strange one here, was willing to go back to Rutgers again. And Rutgers, of course, now, while they didn't win a championship, they were back on the map as relevant. They had, I remember here in South Florida, Joe, they had billboards saying, come to Rutgers. You know, it was like a cool thing to do. Come to New Jersey and go play for this guy. And look, his style's a little bit different, a little bit of a tougher coach, but he got the most out of those kids. And and I think at this point, if you're that program, you'll do anything to just not be the complete doormat of all of college football, which is what they are. Like Rutgers and UMass have been the doormat of Division One college football. They fired their coach two months ago. Apparently, they go to Greg Schiano with a boatload of money because it's the only way that they're going to get him to come back, which is it makes sense. He is willing to do it. And boosters, some of the boosters don't want him back as head coach there. And a lot of people are pissed about this. Fans are pissed about it. People are on social media being pissed about it because of links that he's had in the past to Penn State and some just, I guess, different issues. I'm not really even sure what they are, but a lot of people are upset about this, Joe, and I guess this is where it comes down to is that there's some, they feel like some ethics involved. I'm not really sure, but, um, you know, the fans of the program are really upset 
and they want to see him back. It doesn't look like he's going to come back. No, it is. And I understand why. It's the only thing they know in terms of success. So it was the only thing you know in terms of success. What, what else do you have to turn to? So, yeah, it's difficult. And uh, I get why they want him. Uh, I mean, oh, you and seven I both and know. Seven wins and 24 losses. You got to whatever I, you I'm can. I'm sure it's. Look, like everything, don't you think it's just a money issue at the end of the day? Like, I feel like they're making excuses for the a few is, more money. It is a money issue, not for him, but he basically made demands that they didn't want to. Right. They didn't want to go to. They I mean, basically, basically yeah. look, I'm, I'm not coming there unless you upgrade A, B, C, and D. Like, and, and, right. and millions, millions of dollars have to go into it, and they're not willing to do it. Right. And again, if you're not willing to do that, then you can't compete with. Big Ten, the SEC, or any of these other teams that you know we know out there who are really established football programs. You have to put money into it, and I'm sure he wanted a fair amount of money too. So I'm sure that's part of it. But yeah, it's it's unfortunate. <clears throat> I don't know where they're going to go next. And Chiano was I, I, he made him relevant. I I my whole life, you know, that I've lived in New Jersey, Rutgers was not a thing except for all of a sudden that window happened and people were not only showing up to games in the stadium when they built the new stadium. I remember that that was a huge deal because the stadium's only like 20 minutes from my house, 20 minutes from where my parents are too. And I'm thinking to myself like, wow, this is really becoming a big thing. And it was, and people were getting together to watch Rutgers games. And I had a lot of friends who went to Rutgers and we was like, Hey, you want to come with us and watch the games? And I was like, we're watching the Rutgers game. And it was a thing. And it is not a thing anymore. It is not a thing at all. And it's, uh, it's sad. And I feel bad because it was kind of nice. Like all of a sudden you kind of had a relevant college football team. And as somebody who grew up in New York, you know, college football is not a thing. If you grew up in New York and then New Jersey, it wasn't either. So it was kind of cool that it was kind of developing and now it's just gone. I mean, there's no traffic going to the game. You know what I mean? Like there's no issues going down route 18 to get to that stadium anymore. And it's sad. It's sad because they were building something and I hope they find somebody. Do you have a candidate that you think would be a good person to, to plug in there that they should go, oh, go not, after? Not at all. Unfortunately. No. Not my not my expertise for sure. Is it a desirable I, I, place even for like a young coordinator on an SCT team to say, you know, I'm going to go take the head coach job? At well, Rutgers. yeah, of course. You know, they'll always be that person there. But the key is is the recruiting. And, uh, you know, he was a really, really good recruiter there as well. Mm-hmm. And and look, the McCordy brothers came out of Rutgers. Um, you know, the new. Yeah. Mohamed Sanu also from from a Rutgers, lot of the Rutgers as well. Players. Gus, Ed, Gus Edwards was there. Mm-hmm. Um and Shiano brought in really good players in the past and that that's basically his calling card is he is going to get kids from Florida to go play in New Jersey and that's a big part of it I I think they'll work this out I have a feeling they'll go back to it and work it out it just makes too much sense all right here's what else makes sense the end of our show and coming up next we're going to have our two minute drill and at the top of the hour, we'll send it over to full-time fantasy and Dr. Roto. So stay tuned to that as well. Make sure you like and subscribe to our show, our podcast, our live listening. You can download the FNTSY app and listen to us there. Also, the TuneIn app as well as iHeartRadio. Those are great ways to listen to us, by the way, live, on-demand, Stitcher, audioboom.com. If you do like our show and you do want to listen every day and you subscribe to it, if you wouldn't mind, especially in the iTunes store, Google Play, give us five stars. And let uh, and write a little review on us as well, what you like about the show. This way, we'll take a look at it. Also helps us rank higher for people who are searching for fantasy content and uh, helps us out a lot here at FNTSY Radio. So thanks so much for doing that. All right, uh, two-minute drills up next. Craig Mish, Joe Pizzapia. We wrap it all up for this Tuesday after this.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Welcome back. It is time to end our program here on this Tuesday. And as always, we ended with the two-minute drill. The two-minute warning. Two minutes, get your sh- together. Is that going to be enough time? And yes, for me, it is kind of sad to go back and look at all the great memories that I had running around South Florida and wherever I've lived in the country on Black Friday. And yes, unfortunately, those days are done. And it's true. Life gets in the way of some things and you have kids and you're married and it's not so easy to just wake up at five o'clock in the morning and go shopping. But it is much easier to do things online. And I hate to say it, but when I go shopping, sometimes even in stores that are not Black Friday, I am appalled at what I see. Like, why do I have to wait 10, 15 minutes online to buy anything when I can literally do it at home and have it in the next day? So I would love to see some tradition come back. And outside of record store days, which they do every Friday on Black Friday and then again in April, those are the only things that I frequent anymore. It's a sad state of affairs when this day and age, everything that you're done can be done on your phone or done from your house. That's just kind of where we're at. So let Black Friday begin, and hopefully in the future it becomes what it was uh, once was, but it's doubtful. All right. Hate to end on that bad note, but that's where we're going to leave it with the show today. Coming up next, it is Dr. Roto. Thanks again to Sean Guastamaki, our producer, for my co-host, Joe Pizapia. I am Craig Mish. You're listening to Fantasy Sports Today. We'll be back tomorrow at noon right here on FNTSY Radio. Have a great day, everybody. See you.